best part of waking up is having hope in your cup. I'm Stephanie Winslow, and thank you for coming to Cup of Hope podcast. Uh, it's my privilege and honor to be with you. Thank you so much for stopping by the channel, and I know that you will find hope in your cup to be full and overflowing as you dig into the Word of God with us in uh, study and also in prayer. So grab your cup and let's fill it up with the hope that God has in store for us. Thank you for joining and enjoy the show. Grateful to be with you this morning to bring to you a message from the Word of God. Let's lift up our cups together today and ask the Lord, Lord, would you fill us up? Fill our hearts up, Lord, with the hope that you have in store for us today through the power of your word. Day by day, we need a renewal. We need new life uh, breathed into our lungs. And in the morning, God can meet us at that waking place. Right? We're just we open our eyes and think about God and all that he has done. And morning by morning, his mercies are new. And morning by morning, he gives us just what we need for the day and it just takes us coming to him right it takes us setting aside this time moments like this and telling god that he is important enough to us more important than anything that we want to prioritize our day and time around him that there is nothing that i could do today that would be more critical to to my own growth to the, the livelihood and um, the, the fruitfulness of, of me and my family than to spend time in God's word, to spend time in his presence. And I know that for our culture, that seems very um, counterintuitive or counterproductive because just sitting and, and being uh, quiet or sitting in prayer or sitting in reading seems not productive. But that's when we know that it is not about us. It's not about us being the doer. It is about us sitting in the presence of God and letting God be the doer for us, letting him fight those battles for us that are ahead, letting him lead us and guide us, shaping our minds and our hearts so that we can go about our lives today and every day from here on out as many days as God chooses to give us on this earth and know that he is with us, that he is uh, equipping us, that he is shaping us and, and he will give us exactly what we need for the moment that we need it. And oftentimes not a moment before I was having a conversation with um, the receptionist at my daughter's school yesterday and we were just talking about this very thing that so many times we we want to know about what's coming down the road and if we, we want to feel like we can prepare ourselves for what's coming down the road but God knows and we can trust him we can trust him that here and now if we if we are faithful to come before him that this time between here and whatever is down the road, that he is preparing us day by day, that he's preparing our hearts, he's preparing our, us physically, he's preparing us mentally and emotionally for what's to come. And he's, he's equipping us for the places that he is leading us to down the road. 
if we stay connected with him. And um, this whole month of April, we're, we're talking about the difference between staying and running. Running away, um, excuse me, staying in God's presence when it's easier to, to run away. Staying with God when it feels more convenient or comfortable or uh, more culturally acceptable or whatever it is to to turn our back on God, to run away from him, to live as the world lives and separating ourselves from God, kind of drawing a line in the sand and, and choosing to run away from him as opposed to staying. And then sometimes the opposite is true, that we are staying in a situation that isn't um, where God would have us instead of running to God. So there's both sides of the coin. Sometimes we need to, to run to God, chase after him, uh, pursue after him, recognizing that he's chasing after us too, that as we, we run run to him, he is pursuing after us as well. And then the, the other times in our lives when we need to stay, we just need to sit with God. We need to sit before him. Today we're going to learn about, um, we're going to read from Jeremiah chapter 2. I would recommend that you read this entire chapter because it is uh, just, it's an interesting uh, and insightful words uh, to really expose about our own lives what the prophet Jeremiah was speaking to uh, the words uh, that Prophet Jeremiah was speaking of from God to the Israelites of, of that time. And you'll see that what he was prophesying over the Israelites and what, what God was speaking to the people at that time is, is not different than what we see today. The Israelites and their running from God is not any different than what our culture is doing right now. Um, it's so easy to to look, you know, at the at the scripture sometimes and think, oh, that doesn't really relate. But this one, you could totally see that it absolutely can relate in parallel to what we are living through in this season in our history in our culture. Um, there's a, a section of of Jeremiah two that is titled, at least in my Bible, it is titled Israel, an unfaithful wife. So this is talking about the the running away from God that the the Israelites were were called out of Egypt and and there's throughout their history with God and we see in all of the chapters before Jeremiah this running to God and running away from God running to God and running away from God it's just this constant being faithful and obedient and then running away and we have God kind of getting to this point in the history of Israel where he's like the mom who says, I've had it about up to here um, and let me tell you about it. <laughs> and so this is where we find uh, Israel in this conversation with God as God is speaking to them through the prophet Jeremiah. Let me read verse verses, um, verse 25 to you. It says this, when will you stop running? When will you stop panting after other gods? This word panting after other gods, um, it, it, when I read it, it kind of gave me this like ugh, nauseous feeling of, 
holy cow, like we so often chase after the things of this world so, um, so quickly and so like hastily and so passionately that we think these other things that we're seeking after that they will they will satisfy us in a way that only God can. So here we are giving ourselves over and just like it's saying, like an unfaithful wife, like a, a prostitute who's prostituting herself, that we're, we're giving ourselves over to all these things in our lives that we're thinking that that the 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 things of this world are going to satisfy and depending on who you are and who your, your your nature and what you know what's important to you that thing that you're panting after could be things like um just a a, a career that you're chasing after a, a degree that you're chasing after a um position or title or um, it could be that you're chasing after a certain lifestyle and a certain square footage in your house or a certain look in your home if it, you know like you you think if if only my house were were a farmhouse chic like uh, the magnolia market or whatever there's things that you're just panting after um, or maybe it's it's panting after food it's panting after just numbing being numb, not feeling, not wanting to walk through the dark things that maybe you're walking through. So you numb out with um, painkillers or you numb out with um, anxiety meds or you numb out with whatever it is. There's so many things in our world that want to tear us away from the heart of God, that want to distract our attention from God. And he is the only one who can satisfy. He is the only one who is worth our panting after. It, this panting after could even be a person, right? Like our, our spouse or our children or um, a relationship with someone that we just adore and, and we want to idolize them. It could be a, even a celebrity that we just, we, we adore and worship and honor them. And they, that, seeking after that panting after it may seem harmless but when you combine this thing with this thing with this thing with this thing with this thing there is no room left for god the father there is no room left for god the father in our lives when we have placed so many different idols in our lives and you might think like i said that that this this one thing is not that big of a deal right like Okay, so I, I love eating sweets or I love eating like tons of whatever or I love um, numbing out with with alcohol or I love, you know, this or this or this, all these things tugging at you. And on their own, they don't seem bad or they don't seem like they're taking over. It's like a slice, you know, just a slice of your life. It's just a slice of your heart. It's just a slice of, of your time. But yet when all of these things are combined, they're, they make, <laughs> rolled up into one, they're one big idol in our lives that shoves out God, that makes no room for him. And God is saying, when will you stop running Israelites? When will you stop panting after other gods? And then verse 27 says, 
To an image carved from a piece of wood, they say, you are my father. To an idol chiseled from a block of stone, they say, you are my mother. They turn their backs on me, but then in times of trouble, they cry out to me, come and save us. Come and save us. Have you been there? I know the Israelites are not alone in this, that we want to go our own way. We want to do our own thing. We want to pursue the things we want to pursue. Not, you know, kind of this idea of, of just independence and living up, sowing our wild oats and doing what we want to do, living how we want to live. And then when troubles come, we call out to God. When troubles come, we look to him and, and want him to just step in and rescue us and take away all that's hard in our life, all that's difficult, all that we're fighting and facing. And yet we're the ones who stepped into the, to those things. We're the ones who caused a lot of the harm in our life so often. Not always, but often. We make our own mess and then have to lay in it, right? Verse 28 then says, but why not call on these gods that you have made? So you've, you've made this job your God. You've called them father. You've made this person your idol. And, and so you've called them mother to you. And so why are you not calling out to them when you're in distress? Because in our heart of hearts, we know that these things cannot satisfy. These things cannot come to our rescue or our aid. We know that in our heart, but in the moment we want these things. In the moment we want to chase and pursue because maybe they, they seem, I don't know, they seem sexier, they seem cooler, they seem more um, easily accessible, they seem more culturally accept acceptable, they seem more trendy to pursue after all these other things and put God on the back burner. Um, and then he says also in verse 28, for you have as many gods as there are towns in Judah, which goes back to this statement that we were talking about before that it's not like there, there was just this one big thing that the people of Israel were pursuing after. You know, they had made images, things that they had chiseled out of wood and chiseled out of stone, things that they wanted to worship. They gave their hearts over to other things. We give our hearts over to other things and put God on the back burner. And then when trouble comes, we cry out to him, God, will you come? Will you rescue us? Will you take away this hurt, this pain, this, the, you know, the consequences of all of these things in our lives? We run to other things besides God. We chase after other things besides God. I encourage you to continue reigning. And Jeremiah is known as the weeping prophet because he comes to the people of Israel just brokenhearted for how they have chosen to prostitute themselves to, to other gods. And can I just... Can we, if we're you know, honest with ourselves, honest with each other, that oftentimes we have done the same thing. We have chosen to allow other things to take priority. We've allowed to other things to, to be more important. We've allowed other voices, other um, 
truth, other religion influences, whether it, you know, it's uh, whatever is out there that may be influencing you. If, you. if it doesn't come from the word of God, it is not a truth that you should be pursuing after. And, and there's so many books that are, are good and helpful, but if they don't line up with the scripture, it's, it's kind of pointless. It's not going to help us in the long run. God, I believe, uses his word uh, to teach us and, and to, to give us what we need. We forget God so often until all hell breaks loose in our life and then we call out to him. And I think what God maybe is speaking to, was speaking to me <laughs> and perhaps he's speaking this same thing to you, is that why do we wait till all hell breaks loose until we find ourselves on our knees before God? When we're asking him, Lord, I can't do this anymore. Will you take this from me? What if we stopped running and pursuing after other things and pursued the one who can who will be there with us through the heat of every battle. And it doesn't mean that as we walk out our life with him, that there will be no heartache or pain. Live in it right now. There is heartache and there is pain. But my God is not far off. He is in the midst. He is in the midst of what I'm walking through. And I can tell you that I would not have the energy or motivation to, to go about my day without God being in my midst. God is in our midst. And let us not wait until all hell breaks loose in our lives or we find ourselves like the Israelites and we turn our back on God until trouble comes. And then we cry out to God. Let's cry out to God before trouble comes. Let's cry out to God, you know, and knowing that he will be our strength, that he will be our portion, he will be our provision, he will be our comfort, he will be our peace, he is our hope, he is our strong tower. Let us not wait. Let us pursue after him now. And ask him, Lord, would you tear down every idol in my life, everything that I've put up above you, would you tear it down? And God, I want there to only be room in my heart for one, and that's you. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, God, I just come before you this morning and I pray that you would give us hearts today that, that want to, to run toward you. God, I pray that you would help us to identify in our lives any idols, anything that we have, have um, believed to be more important than spending time with you. Simple things, whether it's just playing a, a game on our phone or ser searching Facebook or scrolling through whatever, God, whatever we have placed um, above you, whatever we, whatever we have given more attention to than you whether it's relationships or uh, pursuing after our career or um, just the, wanting to, to be 
to be numb and to not feel what we're walking through, Father. I pray that today we make a decision, that we draw a line in the sand and say, I'm, today I'm not going to pursue after the things that this culture, the things that this world tells me are more important than God. And I'm going to choose today to dedicate my life, my time, put you as my priority, Lord. Because I know that apart from you, I am nothing. Without you, we are nothing. Without you, God, our lives have no purpose and no meaning. And we will get to the end of our days and realize that all of this living that we have done has been for naught because we don't get to spend our life in eternity with you because we never chose to say yes to you when it mattered, when it counted. I thank you that you sent Jesus to wash over, to cover over all of our sin, to wash over, to cover over all of the idolatry in our lives, all of the things that we have made priority over you, God. I pray that Jesus will come and cleanse this temple. He will cleanse this temple. Wash me, wash my brothers and sisters white as snow. Remove every blemish from us, Lord. And when you look upon us, Lord, I know that you will see a beautiful, spotless bride. No longer will you call us the unfaithful wife, but the faithful wife who stands with you, who stays with you, who recognizes and um, appreciates and celebrates the covenant marriage with you, Lord. And we are so grateful, Lord, that you have not turned your back on us, even though we have been unfaithful to you. Thank you, Father, for all of these things. I pray that the story of the Israelites would penetrate into the hearts and minds. And as your word was sent out today, I pray that it would produce fruit in the hearts and minds of those who would hear it, who would choose to receive it. And Lord, may we be transformed from this day forward. In Jesus' precious name, amen and amen. Thank you for being with me today on Cup of Hope. Be blessed, be well, and I will see you, Lord willing, back here on Friday. Bye-bye. Blessings to you, Cup of Hope family. I hope to see you tomorrow as we join back together on Cup of Hope. If you're in need of more hope or more resources, you're looking for something to read or dig into uh, to find out more about God, you can go to my website, stephaniewinslow.com, stephaniewinslow.com, and find more helpful resources there. Blessings, Cup of Hope family, and we'll see you tomorrow.